to the Friday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and you have made it to Friday. And welcome to December 1. We are in the last month of our Bible. You're going to make it. If you've stayed with us, you're going to make it from cover to cover in the Daily Walk. Today, we're in 1 Thessalonians and we're going to look at the whole book. It's not long. The chapters are short. It's chapters 1 through 5. When Paul is happy with the church in Thessalonica, he visited them in Acts. And he is happy with the way they have lived like Christ. They received the Holy Spirit. They've been saved and sanctified. And, you know, we always talk about, I want to be like Christ. But a lot of times when we uh, be like Christ, we always think about loving like Christ, being compassionate like Christ. But persecution comes with Christ, too. Uh, People close to me are understanding that. They're seeing that. And they're living that. So Paul commends them for the way they get through that and they stay true to the faith. We're going to see some things in here that uh, helps them remember that they have the power of the Holy Spirit living in them so they can endure things that most people can't because they do have that power. So he starts off with... The usual, this letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he talks about, you know, he always thanks God for them and prays for them constantly. And he prays that he's thinking of their faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he writes this, and this first chapter is really short. It's a whole like 10 verses, but he's like, as a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For Wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. So this is a good example of how when we live the spirit-filled life that people who observe our interaction, our actions, and our reactions are affected by it. Now, it may not be the person right across from you, but it could be those people observing how you react and interact with that person across from you. So what we got to always understand is when the Holy Spirit is leading us, 
people are watching. And as a result, because we don't flip out over something or because we hold firm in something or because we keep doing good in the presence of evil, people watching us are affected and they will want to know what you have that helps you keep doing so good in the presence of so much diversity, controversy, and calamity. And it's amazing to see how the Church of Thessalonica does this. So Paul is giving them commendations for how well they handle it. When I say diversity, I mean so many diverse angles of uh, persecution because it comes in so many diverse ways. So he gives them that, and he talks about how great it is, and then he reminds them, you know, about how when he comes and Timothy and Silas came, you know, they worked hard for bringing them the good news and how they worked hard to help them do that. And they labored for them and encouraged them and urged them to live their lives the way that God would consider worthy. And so they did that. And so he never stops thanking God when they received the message and that they didn't, when they received it, they didn't take it as just pretty words. They accepted what Paul was saying as the word of God because he wasn't just speaking gobbledygook, right? And it was the word. He's preaching the word from the word that the word gave him. Now, he didn't have a Bible as complex as we have, but he was preaching what the Lord gave him through what Jesus revealed to him on the road to Damascus that time. And if we think about that, he's telling a story. He's telling about what happened to him and, and and how Jesus said, hey, what? why are you persecuting me? And how he had this encounter and this awakening with the living Messiah who the Jews killed. And I'm sure he's telling the story and then revealing that all the prophetic words that were said when he was a Pharisee and he was supposed to be teaching about the coming Messiah come to reality. And so he says that because they believe it, then he's these people from Thessalonica are, are imitating real believers and they're living out this life that shows that they're real believers in God's church and all of Judea, which, you know, God said, Jesus said, you will go into all of Judea and be his witnesses. And because their belief, they're also suffering, being persecuted. Just like the prophets were, just like Jesus was. And see, that's what's interesting is he reminds them that, you know, sometimes you're going to catch grief because you love Jesus. So he reminds them that, hey, 
in proclaiming the good news, you need to be strengthened. So we wanted to come and strengthen you in your faith. And he says, I was concerned that in your troubles, you might falter because you couldn't bear it no longer. But I was and I was afraid the tempter may have gotten the best of you, but it was great to see and I've been greatly encouraged that in the midst of all your troubles, you remain strong in your faith. Why is that? Because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember yesterday I was talking about greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. This is a young church that realizes that. So I'm just thinking, you know, what if we all realize that? What if we all just stayed true to who we are in Jesus. That starts with knowing how to love people. You know, if we love on people, that empowers us because when we love on people, we squash Satan because all he wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy. Remember John 10.10 from back in John? But Jesus came to give life abundantly. What's his life full of? He is love. He is compassion. He said, I give you this new commandment to love each other like I have loved you. What is that? Unconditional. And here's, here's what I highlighted in First Thessalonians 3. We thank God for you because of you we have great joy as we enter God's presence. You know, I've been studying rest, so here's what this says to me. You know, Paul's writing this from prison in Rome, and when he thinks of this church in Thessalonica and how great it's doing, it brings him into a restful mindset because it brings him into the presence of God. Oh, that's a hint. You gotta come Sunday, watch us online if you're not at our church. We want to enter God's rest by being in his presence. And he says, night and day we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. What does that mean, the gaps in your faith? To encourage you where there might be some discouragement. To encourage us when we don't know how we're going to deal with something. To encourage us. Doesn't mean our faith is weak. Doesn't mean we've lost our Holy Spirit filling. But, you know, even when you run a race, you get a little dehydrated. You need some more water. So you got to get more water you drink water you know i drink a ton of water every day because i got to stay hydrated and just as we're running this race of life we need some more infilling of the holy spirit and if we go back to galatia or to acts uh, i think it's 1352 we need to be perpetually filled with the holy spirit enjoy every day so if we have that encouragement from others because they love us unconditionally, and Paul's one of those people. We can be filled with the Holy Spirit because someone is praying earnestly, and that's why I'm in those meetings on Monday and Tuesday because we pray 
earnestly for our people. We intercede for them. We pray for them. We give our hearts up to the Lord in intercession and prayer every every time we get together. And for a lot of us, it's every day. I've already spent time in the prayer room with with the Lord for my people and for my family. And it's so awesome because Paul is saying that brings me great joy to be in his presence and it puts us in a state of rest for our mind and our hearts because we can fill that gap and bring that perpetual infilling of the Holy Spirit to those we're praying for because we know that they need that. And to me that's huge because Paul's so happy with the church and the way they're doing that because he knows the Lord's coming again and he wants them to stay encouraged. So he says, live in a way that pleases God. God's will for you is to be holy. So stay away from sexual sin. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you. So, you know, it's it's the Greco-Roman era. Sex is vamp- rampant. And, and today is not much different. You know, we have sexual sin of all types right now. People don't even know what they want from it anymore. And it's rampant in in people taking advantage of all ages and of all genders and of all all types of things so it's it's alive big and well so this is this is not just for then it's for today because anyone who refuses to live by the holy spirit is not disobeying disobeying human teaching but is rejecting god who gives his holy spirit to you if we think about that if we are supposedly in a relationship with god and we violate God he's in us his temple is in us you know we're first and foremost adulterizing God and I don't to me that hurts I mean that's to me that is like the ultimate we violate oaths we have and, and vows we have with others But man, to violate a relationship with the living God to the extreme that sometimes happens, to me is just like, wow, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Then he says, it reminds the people, love one another. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with hands just as we've instructed you. Because that way people who aren't believers will respect the way you live and will not need to, when we will not need to depend on others. Man, that's solid advice. You know, so many times we want to tell everybody, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you know, I was told there's two people two kinds of people that when they get into a place, when they arrive at a meeting, when they arrive at a setting, there's two kind of people when they arrive. There's the people that say, okay, I'm here. 
and it's like, I'm here, what can I do? And then there's the kind of people that say, I'm here, I am here. Like, I am here, look at me. What are you going to do to serve me? And I don't know about you, but if I'm reading this correctly, Paul's saying, be the I am here, quiet person, minding your own business, working with your hands, what can you do to help others? Because if we're loving one another, it's not about me, I am here, look at me. It's like, I am here, what can I do for you? Because Jesus is coming back and he's looking for the believers who have died out to self. And when he comes back, he's gonna come out with the commanding shout and the archangel and the trumpet will sound, the shofar is gonna sound and together all of us who are alive are gonna be transformed in a blink of an eye and we're gonna be caught up in the heavens with him and all that's gonna happen. And Paul's writing about that in chapter four and how we all get to get to heaven with him. So the day of the Lord's return is gonna come unexpected like a thief in the night. So stay on guard, don't sleep, don't be complacent, stay alert and be clear-headed and see, he's writing all this to the church of Thessalonica because what happens so many times with believers is we get complacent. I'm good. And we get into a mode where, all, where, where worship services on the days of your worship become a thing of routine, religious routine, instead of worship with expectancy of a, encounter with the Holy Spirit and we no longer go with the thought of I'm here I want to serve to a point of I am here what are you doing for me today so he says be on guard don't sleep like others do stay alert and be clear-headed let us who live in the light be clear-headed and here's the part where we have to see that we have to be on guard. Be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. So he's going back to Ephesians 6 in the full armor of God because that was the helmet of salvation. He doesn't go into the rest of the parts of it, but as I stated before, the major part of that is your helmet of salvation because the enemy wants to attack you in the mind first and he wants you to believe that you don't have to do that. And one of the biggest things is being complacent. So encourage each other, build each other up just as you already are doing. Yeah. Warn those that are being lazy. Don't get complacent. Encourage those who are timid. If we're just sitting there and we let people go by and we don't pray with people, walk through people, witness to people, that's not what the Lord wants. He said for us to go be a witness. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. I know people that are so bold in their faith that they lost their patience with others. <laughs> 
And that's not what Jesus wants either. So always be joyful. Pray without ceasing. I love that. And be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Man, if we do anything, we should highlight that, bold that, print it out, do something. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's all circumstances, no matter what they are. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. And then he he tops it off with this. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. That I highlighted in a different color because when the Holy Spirit is moving, can I just say the Holy Spirit has a way of doing things that we can't do. The Holy Spirit is way less offensive than we are, and the Holy Spirit can do things that we can't do in a way that we could never imagine that is a way more moving and productive than if we would just be still and know that God is on the move. So when you see the Holy Spirit move, be joyful, keep praying, and be thankful because that's God's will. And be patient because the Holy Spirit is about to change something emphatically. So for Friday and as we begin this week end, let's be in the presence of the Lord and not stifle the Holy Spirit and make it our mission this week to come into his presence and not be lazy about it and not be timid, but come into the presence of the Lord with an expectation to have an encounter with him for more of his Holy Spirit Have a great weekend. We'll see you tomorrow.